This is Sam Sports Podcast. I'm back. Today, we're going to be talking about some basketball, NBA, specifically kind of a deep dive into the San Antonio Spurs. And I have a very special guest, executive director of Smith Street Stage, doing Shakespeare every single summer in Carroll Park, Brooklyn, smithstreetstage.org, smithstreetstage.org, smithstreetstage.org. Voice and speech teacher at Stella Adler Studio of Acting in Manhattan, classmate of mine, my friend, and a longtime San Antonio Spurs fan, Mr. Jonathan Hopkins. Welcome to Sam. the program. Sam, thank you so much for having me on your sports podcast. I can't wait, to, uh, can't wait to talk some hoops. Dude, I know you and I are going to be able to spout many things about these teams because you are a true, true fan of the Spurs, not just someone who's a Johnny-come-lately, really someone who has passionately followed the, 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 the Tim Duncan regime, if I will, and everything that's come with it, because the Parker, the Ginobili, you know, those were, they're big pieces, but they're still part of his regime, because there's also, you know, the David Robinson era, and that, you know, that Sean Elliott era, you know, there's, there's more to him than just those guys, so um, I want to talk a little bit right now about what's happening, their second best record in the league. I think we definitely want to get into the Warriors game the other night. We can also get into the blowout they had last night against the Rockets. But let's talk about Kawhi. What's okay. happening with him? This is his first All-Star year. What, just what are your thoughts so far? My thoughts so far, and this is something that I, I mentioned to some of my, my, my fellow Spurs fans. Um, you know, my, my family are Spurs fans. And so in talking to them about it and people's preseason prognostications about San Antonio, I mentioned that I thought that there was a lot of hand-wringing about whether or not LaMarcus was going to fit mm. or whether he was a ball stopper mm-hmm. and if he would fit their, their sort of ball movement type of offensive schemes. Yeah. And one thing that I thought was being overlooked is the degree that Kawhi Leonard has improved in each year he's been in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he was already someone – I think he would have been an all-star last year, but he missed some games in the first part of the season. Mm-hmm, right. Um, so he, he missed – you know, sort of like Blake is going to miss this year. Well, yeah. even before Blake punched a guy and broke his hand, oh you know, God. he probably would have missed this year. Oh, my God. You know, so it's, it's so tough in the West. So he probably would have been an all-star last year. He was defensive player of the year last year. Right. Um, but so his ability to improve seems to be astounding. Mm-hmm. And now, um, do you feel that that's a little bit him and the Spurs, or just the Spurs? I think the Spurs Maybe are very the Spurs good. Spurs are the team that can bring that out of him. I think the Spurs are very good at player development. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't know what player development is, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. And I don't I'm, think I'm with you. I don't. I mean, are they like, is this specific player, practice routines? I don't know. Right. I think player development could mean they're good at getting players and helping those players improve. Mm. I think player development could also mean they're good at identifying players who have limited skill sets but who can still contribute. Right. And Sam, player development might just mean they're good at identifying players who have good character and good work ethic. Right, right. So I don't know what it is they do well, but mm-hmm. they do something well because you know Danny Green was a second-round pick who got right. cut from Cleveland – um, Jonathan Simmons, who's playing minutes for them, was was a journeyman. Mm-hmm. Patty Mills, I think, basically got cut from uh, Portland, right. or at least he was on Portland. Boris Diaw, of course, was in a bad situation in Cash Charlotte. Loss. 
Yeah, exactly. And and um and so I don't know if they're they're good at getting those players to improve. I don't know if they're good at identifying skills those players have that can be nurtured and developed, or they might just be able to identify the kind of guy who's willing to work hard if he gets a chance. But I, I do think the Spurs are able to 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 do that to a better degree than it seems most NBA franchises. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. I think uh, Kawhi might just be a robot. I mean, he is an <laughs> athletic freak. I mean, right. and you know, now well, we're seeing that he's going two way. He's really becoming a force on the defensive end, and he's developing an offensive game. Well, he's been. That, I mean, he he made LeBron struggle in 2013 yeah. in that finals. Yeah, the one the Spurs lost. Mm-hmm. LeBron he he flustered LeBron, who still had a great finals and still won the finals MVP. Yeah. But that was Kawhi's second year. Yeah. He was 20, and he's and he's giving problems to the best player in the league in the on the biggest stage that you can find and he was 20 right. years old right um and i thought he was the i thought he was the fourth one of the four best players on the court i thought duncan wade and lebron were the were uh ahead of him but i was like if you watched that series and didn't know any of the names or any of the backstories or anything like that you would say that those are, are the four best guys i i would think and that was his second year yeah. now he thought that could have just been a good series or a good matchup, or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think even then we anticipated that, that he was going to be a top five NBA player. Um, Within by the three years? In. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think I right mean, now he's a top five NBA player. They must be mixing some type of great elixir in San Antonio, because like you said, whether it's them, their ability to identify these players, or their ability to build that, or, or produce, or grow that talent out of these players, or a mixture of both, I mean, it's it's leading to a player like Kawhi Leonard, who is now starting on the all-star team, who, I mean, is it scary to say in two seasons could be going into that MVP talk, depending on how, you know, Stephen Curry evolves. I mean, yeah, listen, I mean, he's Stephen 20. Curry can't be the MVP six straight years. You know, things are going to happen. And, right. You uh, know. He's 24. And so I think. Like we haven't seen, have we he, seen the peak of Kawhi? No. No. No one peaks when they're 24. No. Unless there's an injury. Yeah. Unless it's Derrick Rose. Yeah. Oh you know what I mean? That's so... um, But, like, no, no one peaks when they're 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you can expect three to five years of improvement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like wing players usually are, like, 27 to 29 when, when they're... When they're, um, like, dominating and really yeah, coming into you know, their I, own. I I'd have to look it up, you know, like, you know, when Kobe's best years were. But, you know, and, and, and then there's, you know, I, I feel like there are a few years after that where, you know, the, the athleticism is beginning to slip. But, you know, their intelligence and their skill is so great. And I feel like that's the, the phase that LeBron is in. Mm-hmm. There's no way LeBron is as good as he was three years ago. Yeah. Um, but he's, he still seems to be a yeah, top he's five. Telling T, he's telling Teron Lue, I ain't running that hard. Or yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't need um, to run that hard, T. Lou. Right, and so, uh, but no, he's nowhere. He's nowhere close to his peak, mm-hmm. and I think that is is sort of a scary thought. Yeah, because well, I think he's a five NBA player right now. I mean, he's he's taken that team now. I mean, it's it's yeah, he's, it's the Kawhi Leonard Spurs at this point. Right. This is. I mean, this is the. I mean, Duncan's been sitting, and they, you know, were dominating. I mean, d- did Duncan play the the Warriors Spurs game? 
He did not play that game. He no. didn't play the Houston game. Well, I mean, to like you know, Kawhi is their be- is their best player, and Lamarcus is their second option. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people say, and you see this like with Chris Bosh mm-hmm. on those Heat teams that had LeBron, and you see it with Kevin Love now. Mm-hmm. If you're not one of the top two options, you're a role player. Yeah, now, you may have all star level talent. They might and call you, you the big three, but you know, like you're after the top two guys there's a specific role that you need to fulfill. That's, mm-hmm. that's what he, um, Chris Bosch, this is your job. Right. And he was still an all-star and yeah. he was still, uh, a great player. Had good, but you, you know, if you look at his career numbers on Wikipedia in 10 years, you're going to see that dip. Right. And there's, and, um, and Kevin Love too, after yeah. whenever he gets traded to wherever he ends up, oh you'll see his numbers go back up. God, but, Kevin uh, Love. you know, and, and so, player now he he is one of the most impactful defensive players in the nba mm-hmm. so I, I don't mean to to denigrate duncan or parker or danny no. green but you know parker initiates the offense mm-hmm. duncan plays rim protector and goalie mm-hmm. and sort of sort of middle linebacker calling out all the defensive stuff and he's really good at that and he's maybe the best at it and mm-hmm. so like, not to say that they're n- not uh important to the team's success of course they are mm-hmm. but uh it's it's definitely Kawhi's team in the traditional ways that we talk about uh, a, a lead player. He is he is their lead player, and he's why they may win sixty five games because yeah. I think a team goes as their lead player goes, mm-hmm. and when your lead player is twenty four and on his ascendancy, yeah, and uh, hungry, yeah, then they want to go out and win all those games, yeah. Um, and so I think that's been a big difference for this team. But yes, Kawhi is. Um, a top five player now, and I don't think he's anywhere close to seeing what his ceiling is. Where do you think he's going to grow? Where, do you, where is he going to improve? Or what have you seen improve in his game so far? I think, well, I mean, everything has improved. His shooting has improved. Mm-hmm. His defense has improved. He guards space, Yeah, I feel like, as well as a Duncan or a Bogut or like one of those types, you, you know what I mean? Like he can guard, you can put him on, um, you know, if you're playing the, 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 the Clippers, for instance, you can yeah. put him on Chris Paul and right. he'll trouble Chris Paul one-on-one, mm-hmm. but you can also put him on, uh, Pierce. yeah. And have him sag off and play passing lanes. Mm-hmm. He does that, uh, effectively he's gotten a lot better handling the ball yeah he's got a lot better uh going to the rim yeah and, and finishing at the rim with those sort of like jordan-esque uh you know the ball's going up this way and you have to reverse it or you're going mm-hmm. up one and it's going to get blocked and you make those sort of athletic moves that we think of like, like you know make us think of jordan or kobe he's gotten better at that i think the area he most it, where his improvement is most important to their team's success is running the pick and roll. Mm. Because I think this is Manu's last year. Right. And Parker is uh, getting older and older. Right. Um, and Patty Mills, who's their backup point guard, is not really, a, I, I think, a traditional point guard. He's more of a, yeah. a catch and shoot. Yeah, and he's kind of he's kind of an off the ball player. Like I think he, you know, is right. very familiar with the shooting guard position. And that that works for San Antonio because he's usually playing alongside Manu. So mm-hmm. Manu is doing a lot of the things that a point guard usually does, and yeah. Patty does handling a lot of the, the ball. An off guard usually does, and then you know their other wing, Danny Green, 
is not much of a ball handler at all. No, he's not. And so I think having him be able to do what Ginobili does off the bench, which is you know be a wing player who can run the pick and roll mm-hmm. and and pass and uh, set up teammates, not just by being double teamed, but to do what you know LeBron can do and Curry can do, which is manipulate de- and what Parker can do, which is like manipulate defenses by going this way or that way, so mm-hmm. the defense comes over this way and you hit. Um, you, you know, you hit a teammate who passes to another teammate and that, that third teammate is the one who ends up with the open shot. Understanding like how that Spurs offense needs to be quarterbacked. Right. You know, um, and, and so him, Parker him is, we're seeing, you know, the wear and tear. Right. Him be, being able to be a secondary playmaker. So he, you know, Parker is still bringing the ball up the court and initiating the offense, but um, Leonard can also get the ball and call for a screen and, mm-hmm. Hit, hit the screener on the roll or on a pick and pop or whatever so that uh, offense gets generated that way. That would be my guess as to what I think would be useful. Yeah. I mean, that, that sheer, you know, ability of him to be handling the ball more, to be bringing it up the court. I mean, I think it, you saw that. I mean, LeBron could always bring the ball up the court, but there are times when, you know, it's like it's, it's that point in the game. I need to make sure we score this bucket. Give me the give me. The, ball get out of my way I'm coming up the court and I think you know no, he'll take the ball down every time yeah and Kawhi yeah. will have that in his game where it's like just give me the ball right no, I can I can bring it up the court it's fine I'll 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 start this play it's fine yes he's your superstar so you know can can you blame him okay LaMarcus LaMarcus big addition to the Spurs team what do you think I- is he fitting yes Especially on defense, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is one of the big questions. Which is marks. like, if you're not fitting on defense, Pop might take you out back and shoot you himself. <laughs> right. Well, a lot of people, and I was among them, were anxious about losing Splitter, um, yeah. even though Splitter had a hard time staying on the floors because Splitter, um, you know, in, in their title run in 2014, yeah. I think we remember a lot of Boris Diaw because their last two series were Boris series. Yeah. They went, they went to Boris against Oklahoma City mm-hmm. and going small allowed them to stretch the court yeah. and get Serge Ibaka away yeah. from the hoop yeah. and clear up some easy buckets. And then yeah. they went to Boris against Miami, and that's when they really wrecked Miami is yeah, when they, they started putting Boris in. I mean, it, it's amazing to think that the Heat really were, were that right. thwarted by Boris Diaw, but it's true. But those, the first two series that are remembered less because they're the first round and the second round and not the mm-hmm. conference finals and the finals uh, were against Dallas and Portland. Mm. And against Dallas, Tiago really shut Dirk Nowitzki down. And against Portland, he had a great series against LaMarcus. Mm-hmm. And part of the secret of the Spurs' success and part of the secret of Tim Duncan being able to play as long as he has, I think, is that Tiago always took the tougher assignment. Right. So if they're playing the Kings, Tiago's guarding DeMarcus Cousins. Right. So he'll guard the big post-up guy. Mm -hmm. But if they're playing a team like, you know, LaMarcus uh, or or Dirk, if they're playing a team that has a player like that, it's Tiago who's chasing those guys all the way out to the three-point line in mid-range. Oh, God, yeah. And then when they usually would, uh, Sam, they jimmy their rotation – so Tiago sits for Boris sometime in the middle of the first quarter, uh-huh. 
And then when Duncan sits, Tiago comes back in. Uh-huh. So when Duncan's out, he's their secondary rim protector. Uh-huh. So you always have another guy. So so there was a lot. He was a, a really versatile defender. Right. And he wasn't that good of an offensive player, but he understood the offense. He knew where to where to cut and where to pass. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people were worried about the defense. Um, and Lamarcus had said to everyone that he didn't want to play center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that there's a sort of a concern because you look, their other bigs are David West and Boris Dio, and they're not centers. No, they're not. So it's like, okay, Lamarcus is kind of their backup center, which he has been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last night they started Kyle Anderson instead yeah, I saw of that. Sat. So it's like, okay, Lamarcus, you're clearly the center. Yeah. In this lineup, and Lamarcus has played a lot of lineups with um, Boris Dio and David West, and mm-hmm. in those lineups, he's essentially again essentially the center. So the defense has been great. Uh, there, especially in big games like the Golden State game, right? There, I don't think there seems to be a comfortable balance between involving Aldridge and not and and and, and playing balanced basketball from an offensive standpoint because of Aldridge or because of the Spurs. I think sometimes, um. Aldridge is maybe trying to fit in too much, mm-hmm. and he's not calling for the ball. Mm-hmm. Other times, you feel like he, I felt like he was pressing, especially when Draymond Green was guarding in the first half. I felt mm-hmm. like he was trying to do too much one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's what happens in these big games is these Spurs who've been playing together forever, forever, they just look to each other. Yeah. Um, and it's like if you can imagine being in an office and there's a new person in the office, yeah. well, any time that it gets really busy, you're not going to go to the new person. You're going to no. go to all the other people who you've been working with for years. For, and you know for 10 years. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, you know, the new person is probably like, you know, like, hey, I can do stuff too. Hey, I, I, I can dunk the ball. It, it's cool. I think they'll get it figured out. Um, I, I love his defense. He's very, very active. He has been – and his rebounding is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's hard to score – inside when the Spurs have Duncan and Aldridge in, it's yeah. hard to get rebounds when they have the two of those guys in. Mm-hmm. I think the, the worrisome thing is I now think Golden State can play them off the court. Yeah. Meaning I think Golden State can put a lineup out there that will make Popovich have to pull Duncan. Yeah. And I didn't think that at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But well, now I, I, I mean, should we talk about the game? Should we talk about that? I mean... Yeah, I mean, I mean, what what stood out for you Monday night's thirty point blowout? Two best teams. It was a pretty hyped up game. What did you think? Uh, what stood out to me was well, the Spurs. I thought played a bad game. Yeah, I I would agree. I think there was and some thought, sloppy play. I thought they were very sloppy. Yeah. Um, and if you were to tell me that the Spurs are going to play a bad game and Steph has it going, yeah. <laughs> then I would say, yes, the Spurs are going to lose that game. Now, I don't think I would have guessed they'd lose by 30. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing that stood out most to me was that it, LaMarcus couldn't score on Draymond in the post. Yeah. Lamar- well, I don't think LaMarcus was the only person who was struggling that game, but he struggled. No, he, he wasn't. But I remember there were a few times, in, I think it was in the first quarter, where LaMarcus got the ball on Draymond and tried to post him up, and Draymond would either poke it away or mm-hmm. LaMarcus would take a bad shot or a double team would come down and disrupt it. And I thought at the beginning of the year that if 
Golden State goes small. Mm-hmm. So if they go Draymond, Iguodala, Barnes, Clay, Steph. Mm-hmm. And the Spurs stay with their starters. Yeah. Or, or Ginobili instead of Green. Mm-hmm. So the Spurs have Parker, Kawhi, Duncan Aldridge, and Ginobili. one of Green or Ginobili. Yeah. That uh, LaMarcus could guard Draymond. Duncan could take the worst shooter. Right. So maybe that's Iguodala. Iguodala. Right. And, um, and just sort of shade over by him. But on the other end, either Duncan or Aldridge would be able to post. Right. Because whoever Iggy's guarding. And so it's like, okay, you, you may be giving up some, you know, and if they can post and get that shot mm-hmm. most of the time, then that might not be a playable matchup for Golden State. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Iguodala's shooting close to 40% from three. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if you can post Draymond. My oh, God. And I mean, so that makes me think now that uh, if and when that series happens, it's, uh, Duncan it's, might be a 20-minute-a-game player, and that sounds crazy. I don't even know if Pop is willing to do that. And I was listening to the, the Low Post, the Zach Lowe podcast the other day with Brian Windhorst, and they, they really said something pretty enlightening talking about Tony Parker. And Tony Parker being a bit of a, de- a defensive liability. Yeah. And that, that Golden State Warriors team, it's kind of true. They just, they find your, your Achilles heel and they attack it. And I mean, they can come at you with so many guys. All of those guys are dangerous. And, and they said, all those guys can post. They're like, Iguodala can post up. Livingston yeah, can Livingston. post. Harrison Barnes can post. All of these guys are just... And I wonder, I mean, Draymond I wonder if Kawhi is the next MVP, like Draymond's going to be the MVP like the year after. Maybe, maybe. I mean, he'll need to score more. I don't think anyone's going to give, except Steve Nash, and you know, an MVP for someone who's not scoring oh, 20. Boy. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> but, and I think, uh, I mean, do you think, Sam, a team... I'm starting to think, okay, you're going to have to do something crazy to beat the Warriors, perhaps. Yeah. Like, do you just put Tony Parker on Harrison Barnes and say, like, okay, we're going to take his post-ups? I'd rather have Harrison Barnes posting up I mean, is, than, than have Steph and Draymond running the pick and roll. Uh, well, is there, are there other players on the Spurs roster that could be that X factor? Because let's think about it. If, it. if it's a playoff series, like a Western Conference playoffs, like a finals you know, there's always a game, maybe once or twice here, that's turned by like this X Factor player, like a Patty Mills, um, or some, I mean, who who could that be? Like, who could is Bonner still on the team? <laughs> Bonner still on the team, but he barely plays. I mean, if Bonner is the X, he's factor, like a half he's assistant done. coach now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he really is. He really is pretty much pretty much that. But they love him. They, they want to keep him, him around. Um, I mean, is there anybody that could come out and sort of? Well, I guess the thing is, you got to shut down Curry, and you got to shut yeah, down. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the what the matchups. I don't even know what the matchups would be even, to try to make that. It's all happen. ugly. It's all bad. I mean, I also wonder: is, is what if they just say to Iggy or Harrison Barnes? What if they look at whoever's shooting the worst in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they just they just leave that guy? 
Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, Harrison Barnes, if you want to take that three-pointer, we're going to give it to you. Go ahead. Um, and he, pr- he probably hits a lot of them because mm-hmm. he hits a lot of his three-pointers. But do you just sort of take – do you just sort of have to take that chance? Like that's the best option, just kind of going Wilt Chamberlain on it and just saying, all right, we're going we're gonna to shut down your main guys and let the other people do what they need to do. Maybe. But I, so I don't – I mean I don't know what the, what the lineup is that's going to keep Golden State. Cause that's the thing. It's almost like Golden State, you know, when they, when they go offense, they don't give anything up on defense. No, they don't. And, and so there's, you can't, I'm not sure what's, where's the mismatch. I, I mean, I, every team has one. I mean, every team has one. Every team loses. Eventually there must be one, but I don't know what it. Warriors aren't really losing. <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't, that's the thing. They're like, they got like 12 good players. Um, that, I mean, that is one, that is one thing. I don't think if Steph, Draymond or Clay mm-hmm. are not a hundred percent, I think they're vulnerable. I mean, that's when that's, that's the ultimate equalizer is if somebody gets injured, you know, somebody, I don't want to say something awful, but just, you know, it's just an ankle sprain or high ankle sprain or. Right. Know, and now you can't quite do everything that you were yeah, doing. Yeah, You know, you roll, a, you, you roll an ankle in like game five of round two or you know, that, 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 that's the scary stuff. The, the Russell right. Westbrook, Pat Beverly, ow, my knee needs surgery because of a random little hit or, you know, Derek Rose with the injury history beginning in like game one right. against the Sixers, you know. Right. But uh, I wonder. That's um, the only thing I can think of that would equalize the Warriors right now because they are so good. But I, I do think you can get in their heads. Oh, yeah. I just don't know if it's. Draymond is a passionate I, guy. Yeah. I don't know if a team's good enough to <laughs> basketball wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Good enough at basketball to, to get them. Like, I mean, it's hard clustered. to intimidate the Warriors right now. Right. Um, and they're the champs. Yeah, and it's, it's so... Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, know where the mismatch what, is. Yeah, I tell you what will happen, though. Someone will offer Harrison Barnes a max contract this yes. summer. Yes. Not, not because he's necessarily at that value, but, but with all the cap space that's there... They gotta. They're either some team... And, and just because of the bonus incentive of trying to break up that team. Yeah. There will be someone with cap space, I feel like, who's like, you know what? Like, this is not a good deal. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I'm willing to spend a little extra to make this happen. I'll just spend a little extra to make it happen, especially if that means that the Warriors have to match it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, once they have to re-sign Curry, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the math is going to get really, really tough for them. Or Curry, if they don't match it. Is Curry I don't still know. on that smaller rookie de- He's not, but it's he's not, not making as much money as Thompson, he, right? When he signed his first big contract, he was coming off of multiple years. I don't know if it was multiple years. There was a lot of concerns about his ankle. Right, right, um, right, 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 right. And so his deal, he's getting paid, I think, $12 million a year. Yeah, it's decent, but so, it's not like colossal greatest player in the well, league money, which is what exactly, he is now. I mean, he, um, I mean, he gets paid less, I think, than... Bogut and Thompson, I believe. Yeah, and now Draymond. Yeah. Because Draymond signed a new deal. Yeah. So he's paid less than all those guys. All those guys. He got paid less than David Lee last year, you know. Oh, my God, Um, David Lee. (laughs) But, uh, and so. Mad love for David Lee. (laughs) When the cap goes up, he's going to be eligible and going to get the real max. So his salary is going to double. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's... I, but, I, but you're right. This is the prime time for a team. To, and even when that team knows it's a bad deal or, or knows they're going to spend a little extra because part of it is to break up, that they're still going to be like, he's a good player, let's go get him. He's a good player and he's young. Yeah, and, and he's going to, listen, go get paid, man. You want a championship? Go get paid. Right, but, and it's like... part of know, that evolution is the team breaks up. Could, yeah, and, and um, could he be the second best player on a championship team or the third best player, whereas now he seems to be like the fourth or fifth? Right. You know, and so I think this, a team will uh, take a chance on that. He's a great um, athlete, and he's, he's very, very young. And yeah. um, It's the time. It's the time to cash in, and it works out for everybody because the team that cashes in will also be taking away a building block from that Warriors team, and it's true. That's how... It's how the NBA goes, you know. I mean, it's someone's going to get paid. He's going to leave, you know. Festus Azili is going to have to shoulder the burden a little bit more. Probably won't work as well, but they'll still be dangerous, and you know, yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's how all that's how dynasties fall. I mean, the the, the role players become overvalued, yes. or maybe they become properly valued, mm-hmm. but other teams poach them, mm-hmm. and the, the the team that had them. Um, tries to replace them with someone who's not as good, right? Not quite, not quite as good, quite as good. And usually, that that margin ends up making uh, making a difference in in finishing in the finals versus finishing in the conference finals, or finishing right. in the semifinals versus the conference finals, right? Or fifth seed versus seventh seed if you're in the Western Conference. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick, David West. It's a sneaky little thing, came to the Spurs, clearly took a lot less money to go there. Um, also sort of went the LaMarcus route of, you know, I don't, like, not that I don't want to be the star, but I'm relinquishing my star-ness so I can come well, to he was, team I think things. the thing, you know, I read a great article, I think it was on Yahoo, I think it was a Woj article, mm-hmm. um, and there's a few articles on David West at the beginning of the year. One of them might have even been in the New York Times, mm-hmm. um, that was sort of like a, a special article, where... Uh, David West was relinquishing being the veteran mm. because that had been his role in Indiana. He was the old guy who keeps everyone's head straight. It's true. He was and, older than all those guys. Right. And what, what he wanted is to come to a place where he could be one of the boys. Yeah. So you, yeah. Don't need to, you don't need to be telling people about how big a game it is. You don't need to be talking to people about how seriously to take practice when you go to San Antonio. Yeah. You know, Ginobili, Ginobili, Duncan, and Parker are basically coaches. Yeah. They, they've been there so long and know Popovich so well and know mm-hmm. the system so well mm-hmm. that, you know, David West could, could go, instead of having to be an elder statesman or go play with a bunch of knuckleheads like the Clippers or the he, Rockets. He can grow in his own yeah, way. Yeah, he can, just be a, he can just be a basketball player. Um, and a good one at that that's contributing great, to a fantastic team. Right, his pa- his passing is great. Mm-hmm. Um, his He's- his mid range shooting is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he he doesn't protect the rim that much. Mm-hmm. He doesn't rebound that much. But I I think he'll have a big moment in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think there'll be a game where he has it going on, sort of the beginning of the fourth quarter, and they'd leave him in longer than they normally would, yeah. and bring Duncan back in late or Aldridge back in late. I think Popovich trusts Boris Diaw a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always gotten that sense. So I, I do think David West is the fourth big, right? 
Um, but I also think he'll get a lot of opportunities in the regular season and even the playoffs to make meaningful contributions. I mean, he took the route of giving in to the team, and it's, it's, uh, it sounds like it's benefiting him well. It sounds like this, it's another one of those spurs. You know, they've been known to bring in that, that old Wiley veteran. You know, they, they had the Michael Finley, the Glenn Big Antonio Dog McDice, Robinson. McDice. Jackson they brought back. They um yeah. they had a T Mac. Remember they had T Mac one year. They had Tracy McGrady uh, I mean, the, in 2013. Tracy McGrady almost got a ring. Almost, almost, almost got a ring. T Mac, um, so close. Sam uh, David West is also, I think, like the first Spur who you really don't want to mess with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's like a like guy. since Stephen Jackson. Yes, good, <laughs> excellent point. Yeah, we have to put Stephen Jackson on that list as well. <laughs> We wouldn't want to mess with him. Uh, and so that's sort of a fun element because I uh, I think he that's, brings that's a tenacity. Sort of, yeah, like he's he's Steven Jackson um, was crazy, certainly, but not someone you'd want to mess with. But David West is a legit tough guy. Yeah. And he's and, big. He's a physical guy who's who's right. a presence and has size to him. Right, and so I think I wonder if that will be any sort of a factor because of how intense things get in the playoffs. Yeah, and he could be another one of those like kind of splitter substitutes—a guy who's coming in, and you know, I think for a center position, he's undersized, but he's a big—he's a big body you can throw on somebody. Right, but uh, but plenty of people were gonna um, would act tough around Tiago Splitter. Yeah, that's I don't true. think very many people would, would try to tough would try to tough out. David West, if there's a shoving match or um, someone kicks someone in a scrum or something like that. I wouldn't want to be getting into it with David West. I would want to be having a friendly conversation with the man. Right. I think he's probably pretty intimidating on the court. Um, Yeah. Spurs future, the big three. Duncan, Ginobili, Parker. You discussed it a little bit with Ginobili. Just give it to me straight. Tell me what you're thinking how many more years of each guy? Who's going to disappear first? How's it going to happen? Are any of them ever going to play in another team? And when, if ever, will Popovich ride off into the sunset? Uh, well, Pop told Aldridge he'd coach out his contract. Okay. I think Popovich turns 67 this week or next week. Okay. Um, so that was part of it. He told Aldridge, if you come, I'll coach out your contract. I think that's a four-year contract. Um, it's integrity. Yeah, and so so he, he's made that commitment. Okay. And that's for years of saying that he's retiring as soon as Duncan is done. Mm-hmm. No, he said that before they drafted Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so I'm sure that could change how I mean, you think about uh, coaching. Just so polish that win total on his coaching column. And, and Popovich, and I'll, I'll use this to sort of segue into talking about Duncan because Duncan's the same. I think Duncan and Popovich both enjoy the process of playing basketball. Yeah. They enjoy winning. They enjoy yeah. hanging banners. Yeah. But I think they enjoy practicing. I think mm-hmm. they enjoy preparing. I think they enjoy scouting. I think they, Popovich enjoys nurturing the team and allowing the team to grow from week to week and month to month through the regular season. I think Popovich enjoys getting blown out by the Warriors because he knows that the players are going to listen to him in practice now and that he can build something and try to 
you know, I think Popovich enjoys trying to find a lineup that will solve Golden State or help mm-hmm. or come close if mm-hmm. it's even possible. So I think Popovich, it's it's just a health thing, yeah. perhaps. Like if he's if he's healthy, he'll keep going. Healthy enough to 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 get on those airplanes and do the yeah. road trips and the slog of the regular season and the hotel have, rooms. Yeah, the, the energy to do it. Um and I think Duncan is the same way. I think yeah. he is so smart defensively that he could play even after this year, even though he turns 40 this year. Mm-hmm. I think he could actually keep playing because they rest him. They manage his minutes. They don't need him to do anything on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if he's he, got a place. Yeah, if he wanted to keep playing – I think for Duncan, it will just come down to, you know, from what I hear, Duncan is just year-round, I mean, eating only things that are health, like stretching, he swims all off-season, like it's a year-round, there are no days off. He's committed. you know, I think my brother you know, made a joke. It's like, hey, when you're that age playing that level of basketball, you can't even think about a cheeseburger. Yeah. Like, you can't even think in your mind, cheeseburger. Like, like that's how disciplined you have to be. So I think for Duncan, it will just be for how long he continues wanting to do that mm-hmm. and, and when he wants to quit that and just be around his kids. Yeah. Um, and I think LaMarcus may change things. Is Duncan may actually feel like we're in good hands. Yeah. I can, I can, can I ride off into the sunset. It's I fine. Think part of the deal with LaMarcus, you know, I know LaMarcus said he wanted all those guys. Yeah. That if he came, he wanted Duncan, he wanted Ginobili, he, he wanted to have all those guys. So I think there may, there may be an element of that. I think there's also an element of just sort of how fun it would be to, to sort of incorporate this new piece. Yeah. So I, I think this could be Duncan's last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he played another year. Yeah. I think this is Ginobili's last year. Yeah. And I don't think Ginobili would have come back if Popovich and Duncan didn't ask him to. Because they made it very, very clear. We want you. You can still contribute. And he's contributing very well. He really is. He's great. He's the the leader of that second unit, which is a very important role. Mm -hmm. And a a lot of games, he's still closing. He's still on the court at the end. Um, But I, I think this is his last year. I, uh, he's like is Brett his contract Favre. up? Is this it? Is the, I, he has to, he'll have like a good year and a bad year like Favre. His contract, Sam, I think he has a player option. Okay. All right. Uh, and I think that's the same as Duncan and the same as West. They're all one-year deals with a player option. Uh-huh. So um, They're leaving themselves leverage and a choice to get out if they want to. If it's right. Important. And then next year the cap spikes. And so especially yeah. David West might be able to get a little more money because mm-hmm. he signed the minimum. Mm-hmm. Spurs were over the cap. Uh, uh, what about Parker, Tony Parker? Parker, I think, wants to play until he's around the Ginobili Duncan age. Yeah, I think Parker wants to do what those two guys did, and so I think Parker wants to play another three or four years. Um, and he may be able to with Lamarcus and Kawhi. Does he ever he go has- to another team? I don't think so. Okay, you know, Sam, in in the recruitment meetings with. Aldridge, I read that one of the things that Parker said was that, you know, he grew up in the south of France and when he retires, he's going to stay in South Texas. 
you know what I mean? He was like, it's, yeah. this is home now. Like when you come to San Antonio, that's, that's what happens. Um, and that was one of his selling points. I don't think he would go to another team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he would accept a lesser role. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, if they sign another point guard who was sort of his equal, who became as better as Parker got older. Um, I think a lot of how he ages, he still doesn't take a lot of three pointers. No. Um, and I, if if he were to sort of develop that into his game, he takes a fair amount on the corner threes. Yeah. Sideline threes. But usually above the break, he doesn't shoot three-pointers. And if he did, that would add an element where you think like, oh, okay, he can play for a while if he's just going to be standing 24 feet out and yeah. ready to catch and shoot. Um, but I think he wants to play more. You know, He wants to play beyond when Duncan and Ginobili retire. Yeah. So I would say to recap that, Pop, I think at least three more years. Mm-hmm. Ginobili, I think this is it. Duncan, I could see one more year. I think Parker wants another three or four. I think Parker wants to be part of this next core of Kawhi and Aldridge and Danny Green. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as long as you have a, a top five player and a good coach and a good supporting cast, you're a title contender. Yeah. Oh, there's no reason to expect the Spurs to not be a title contender as long as they have Kawhi, Aldridge, and Popovich. Yeah, and there's that, a lot of schlock out there. Yeah, there's, and that was very different from how we were always viewing this team in 2012, 2013, 2014. It was always sort of like, okay, this is the last ride, the last ride. We didn't know Kawhi was going to be a top-five player. Yeah. Uh, and now that he is, it's like, oh, the championship window is now open the next for t- another 10 years. Again. Yeah. Like, here, we're in it. We've got Pop. We've got Kawhi. Let's just kind of keep doing this and see how long it goes because we could continue to win 60 games for another 10 years. I mean, right, don't they have some record, like the most consecutive 60-win well, seasons? 50. It's, and 50 goes back to 99, which was a lockout. And if you prorate 99 to an 82-game season, that would be 50 as well. So Duncan's never had less than 50 a 50-win winning percentage since he's been in the NBA, just like he's never missed the playoffs. God damn. Uh, Do you think Spurs win the championship this year? You think they could do it? I think they can do it. Yeah? I also... I think think they're the only team that can beat Golden State. Mm -hmm. Um, Oklahoma City? I don't think can beat Golden State. I think Oklahoma City could beat San Antonio. Yeah. Um, That'd be a hell of a series. Yes, and it's a series that seems likely. It seems like that will be the two and the three if they both mm-hmm. win their first-round matchups. It seems like that would be a second-round series. Yeah. Um, I think Golden State and San Antonio, despite what we saw this week, would still be a great series. It was yeah. Also, another thing that I noticed, Sam, it was, it was one of the worst defensive games Kawhi Leonard had had. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you look at the game they played in March, Kawhi gave Steph a lot of trouble. Yeah. And I know Steph is better than he was last March, mm-hmm. um, but Kawhi is too. So I, I don't, I don't think the Warriors are thirty points better than the Spurs. I think yeah. if they played in a series, it would be a close series. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a regular season game. This was, you know, still in the groove of the road trips and everything. You know, it was, just, it was ugly. But I think if anything, like you said, this is good. Pop wants to go back to the drawing board and tell all these guys what the hell they did wrong. Playoff right. series, he's going to come into game one with a few more ideas about how to attack this team. And, you know, I don't think you'd see a 30-point blowout in a conference finals game like, well, listen, anything could happen. But I don't see that happening in a Spurs-Warriors right. game. I don't see four of them happening. You, you know what I yeah, mean? I don't, no. I don't think that that's, that's just how the series would be. 
Um, you know, Aldridge had a real bad game against Golden State um, and even commented after the game that he thought he had a matchup advantage against Draymond and yeah. he was trying to take advantage of that and couldn't. Um, against Houston, the next game, Aldridge had, I think, 25 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists. Yeah, that was I, I watched that. They were, oh, God. I saw that, I think it was second quarter to third quarter, when it went pretty much from a four-point game to a 20-point game. And, I mean, seeing the ball movement for the Spurs, it's just magic. It's beautiful. Right. And, and so you already have Aldridge sort of responding to the loss. Yeah. You know, Aldridge had a bad game, and then he comes back. I think he, so he had at least I, I 20 points win. last night. He had, he had at least 21 or 25 points. No, he had 20, yeah, he had 25, uh, 25 points, I think around 10 rebounds and five assists, and he didn't play 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, he played less than 30 minutes. So, um, so, yeah, I do think San Antonio can win it all. I would not pick them right now to win it all mm-hmm. um, because I think Golden State is better. I don't know if they're a lot better, but I do think Golden State is better. Go- Golden State is the team that, that needs to be solved. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let me think. You know, <laughs> t- 2003, the Lakers were the defending champions. The Spurs beat them in the playoffs. Yep. 2005, the Pistons were the defending champions. The Spurs beat them in the playoffs. Yep. 2014, the Heat were the defending champions. The Spurs beat them in the playoffs. The Spurs have gone after the, 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 the sitting champ uh-huh. um, before. With but I don't know precision. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I don't know. You know, none of those teams were really in their prime. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the Lakers right team now. and the Heat team were sort of like toward the end of of their reign. Yeah, and this Golden State team, you know, it may end up that we that historically we look at the 2014 Spurs title as the one that they got in after the Heat and before the Warriors, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think the Warriors could win two or three. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and so looking back, it may seem like, you know, the Heat won those two and then the Warriors won three and mm-hmm. in between them, there's this one year where the Spurs just, when, just grabbing championships in between yeah. seasons. It was sort of what they did in 99. Yeah, you know, it is. Lakers. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's, I guess that, that's what happens when you're a top five team for 20 years in a row. Yeah. Like you're going to get a, a lot of opportunities to win, um, to win a championship. The Spurs are good at getting a lot of opportunities to win a championship. And I think yeah. what we're, we're clearly admitting to ourselves is that uh, they will have many more opportunities to win a championship. Um, what would you pick right now for the, for the, or if you were to give percentage, it's a percentage breakdown of, it's so hard to take somebody other than the Warriors. I mean, they are playing at a level which is, astronomical and we thought they were doing that last season you know last season they were playing at such a high caliber and there was this sense of how are they able to hit so many threes like that and how are they able to have Steph Curry shoot so well and Klay Thompson and and this this rise of Draymond Green I mean he was he was like a revelation last year because there was you know Steph uh, Steve Kerr talked about it how you know David Lee was supposed to be the starter. He was hurt. Draymond came in, started playing, and holy shit, Draymond is amazing. And, you know, David Lee then was coming off the bench and being the role player. But now we're seeing them even better. And this season, they're an even stronger team. And last year, they had the swagger going into the playoffs. That was exciting to see from a, 
from a team that is on its way up. You know, as we were saying with Kawhi, Kawhi is blossoming and is now coming into his own and is clearly not at his peak yet. In some ways, the Warriors players and their team, like I still think there's another gear we're going to probably see from Steph Curry and another gear from Draymond and another gear from Clay. And even now, the defense and the offense of that team and the makeup of that team makes them so dangerous. And I think about teams like the Thunder when the Thunder went to the finals and they had Harden. And it was sort of like they lost, but it was the start of something. But then mm-hmm. we look back at that team now and we see like their window is kind of closing. You know, they had a lost year last year with Durant. They had a lost year when Westbrook got hurt. And now you're kind of seeing the team break apart and certain pieces are gone. And it's like, oh, that might have been their whole shot. And with the Warriors, their sort of arrival was a championship. I mean, they rode straight through to the top without looking back. I mean, you think about all those teams that worked for years to try to build something. And, I mean, it really makes you think about what the hell happened when they got rid of Mark Jackson and brought in Steve Kerr. I mean, what, yep. was, what was really going, what was the difference in some way? I mean, is Steve Kerr that prolific a coach? Was Mark Jackson doing so many things wrong? Was it just the maturation of the players? I, I, think, that, I think a little bit of everything. Um, but this Warriors team is, I mean, it's a pick your poison with them. It's like every single one of them is going to come in and shred you. And they're playing at it. And, and they're young. They're fast. You know, I mean, the thing with the, the Spurs are almost the exact opposite with the number two team in the league being little older, a little slower, knows how to play a half-court game, knows how to grind it down and get these wins, whereas the Warriors are, you know, almost like a little bit of the Showtime Lakers in some ways. You know, they're still extremely defensive, but, I mean, running teams off the court, like 30-point wins, 40-point wins. But then, last year in the playoffs, being able to replicate that, being able to come in and dominate and win, you know, game fives. Uh, And, you know, I, I think of... Like round one against the Pelicans last year, I think there was, it was either, it was maybe, I don't, I don't think it was the two home games. I think it was like maybe the first game in New Orleans where the Pelicans went up something like 15 or 20 points in the third quarter. And it was like the Warriors didn't even break a sweat. It turned right around. They destroyed the whole lead, came back and won the game, and they still swept the Pelicans. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's it's tough for me to to pick another team aside from the Warriors right now. I really think you're right that we're going to see them winning maybe two or three more right now. Do you think they win seventy three games? I think they can. I think they can. I, and it go and it harkens back to the it harkens back to the injury issue. Like you know the games they've lost. You know one of the games they lost, Steph Curry didn't play. One of the games they lost, Draymond didn't play. And you know if one of these guys gets significantly hurt, that record's going to be bye bye. Um, but I think if they keep playing the way they're playing, they will absolutely probably break that record. They probably, I mean, they might, I think they'll break it. If they, if they are there, I don't know if, I don't see them necessarily tying it so much as breaking it. Um, uh, do you remember the year the Heat won 27 in a row in the regular season? Yeah, that was, uh, was that LeBron's like second season there? I think it was his third season there. It was 2013. And I okay. remember it because, that's the year they almost lost to San Antonio. Yes. yes Even yes. though they won like 10 or 12 more regular season games in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. If Golden State goes for 73, mm-hmm. they get 73, mm-hmm. 
I'm not sure they win the finals. Really? I don't know if you can play 16 straight months of playoff basketball. Right. And that's basically what you have to do because those you're going those, into everyone's arena every night and you're the champs and they're trying to beat you. Yep. And those nights when it's just not happening for you, mm-hmm. like like San Antonio at when they played in Oakland this week, mm-hmm. like that whole fourth quarter, those guys are on the bench and it's the deep bench playing. Yeah. And if you want 73, you, you have to win schedule losses. Yeah. It has to be your fourth game in five nights or your yeah. fourth game in six nights. Back to back. Or, yeah, you know, the end of a road trip and you have to say, like, okay, we're going to put Steph back in mm-hmm. and Steph is going to play 39 minutes instead of 32. Yeah. And I, I just think, you know, I always thought that that happened with the Heat the year of San Antonio. I thought San Antonio was a good matchup for Miami. I thought Miami was a ton better than San Antonio. That Miami team won like 65 or 66 games. They're really good. And the Spurs were at 55 or 56. You know, I mean, that was a, it's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just sort of well coached and had got a great series out of Kawhi mm-hmm. and almost beat them. And, yeah. I, and you know, the... That Miami team had to come out of the East and beat 2013 San Antonio. Golden State's going to have to come out of the West. Yeah. And they're going to have to beat 2016 San Antonio if yeah. San Antonio is able to win its series. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is a tall order. I think if they go for 73, that, that you, I mean. That's a long season. That's a hard slog. Right. And, and to I then know the go into the playoffs with that same energy. I know that uh, like their best guys aren't playing that many minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the, the, the mental intensity that it requires, I feel like, to, to say you're not t- – I mean, that's a, you know, Steve Kerr's quote is saying, it's like, you know, he was on the 96 Bulls team that won 72. And he said there were 10 games that year that we would have lost, but Michael didn't want to. Wow. Michael's like, no, we're winning it. Wow. Like Michael wanted, Michael wanted 70 wins. Wow. So Michael went and got, but there, you know, and so Michael th- gets what Michael wants. <laughs> Get the fuck out of the way. Jordan, give him the ball. I don't want to lose to the Grizzlies. <laughs> uh, so, you know, what, and um, there might be some of that this season where they're like, screw this shit. We're beating the bucks. Cause they beat us last time. Right. And it's like, well, it's great. It's still February. Yeah. <laughs> and still have two more months of the regular season. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. I mean, I think Steve Kerr is a great coach, and I think he'll be smart about something like that. But I thought that 27-game win streak took a lot out of Miami. Because yeah. it does turn every game into a playoff game. Yeah, it does. Everyone you know, they, wants they to start. They either. start putting, like, Tuesday night random games on national TV and they throw it on NBA TV because everyone's wondering if they're going to lose tonight to break the record. It's like, oh, is the record going to end? Is the streak going to be over? Right. And just like, and also, you know, how, once it's over, you know, how, I mean, they're already, didn't the Warriors say that it was a relief once they lost the first game? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I think they did. So it's like, okay, well, you just admitted that the first two months of your season were like. Was a little bit more of a pressure cooker than you were hoping for. Yeah, and so I, I think there's, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I actually have two bets with two different friends that the oh, Warriors won't win 73 oh. games. Do tell. Um, Are you going to tell us? 
Well, I bet I bet on my my friend Ariel and my brother Sam, who okay. you know, of course, and who's going to be on the podcast. You are saying you are say, you are saying that they are not going to win seventy three games. And they I think they yeah, the, when they were like twelve and zero or fifteen and zero, I was like, they're not. And I gave them odds. I, we bet a, a Chipotle burrito. Okay, but I, I threw in guacamole. So if I lose the bet, if they win seventy three or more, mm-hmm. I have to get them buy them a burrito and chips and guacamole and chips. If and they guacamole. win the bet, they just have to get me a burrito. And and seventy two is a push. So if they win exactly seventy two, there's no winner. <laughs> there's no. But burrito. I think I'm I think I'm rooting for myself to lose the bet because as a Spurs fan, I think I would rather have Golden State put the pedal to the metal. Yeah. To get to to get to seventy three, and maybe push their asses real hard and then get to like seventy one. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I would. And, you know, I wonder if, um, you know, because Pop generally doesn't care about the regular season, but I wonder if he's going to try to win enough to keep the, see if he can keep the Warriors. Honest. And the funny thing is, you know, they played twice in the last week of the regular season. Yeah, I, I was, uh, before they played the other night, they were interviewing Steph and they were like, you know, the Spurs are the second best team in the league. You guys haven't played each other yet. And he's like, yeah, I think we play each other three more times before the season's over. Yeah, so there's going to be lots of other chances to see each other. I think they're going to make it. I think they're going to make it hard. I think the other thing is, um, you know, in, in the mid '90s, everyone played 40 minutes. Like all yeah, your starters yeah. played 40 minutes. Yeah. And so, to to, like you know, but that didn't matter for Michael and Scotty. Yeah. Or even Dennis Rodman because they're all physical freaks. Yeah, they were. Yeah, big guys. You know. And and the teams like you know when you get to the finals you're you're playing the the Sonics yeah. and Peyton and Kemp were playing forty minutes you know what I mean like everyone just did it like that's yeah, what that's, it means to be a superstar is you know you I was listening minutes. to a Bill Simmons podcast the other day he mentioned that he said if you look at the top ten players of the league right now and you look at their minutes average they're all averaging like you know thirty three thirty four thirty five minutes he's like. You go back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like Iverson, and you look at these numbers, Paul they're all Pierce, playing. Our- Paul Pierce, they're playing like 38, 40 minutes a game. Like, that's what, that's what you do. Well, what, what's right. the problem? Um, but and, here, and here's the thing, if you're if the Warriors, it's like, yeah, I know, you know, Steph, I think all those guys are averaging like 33 or 34. The, yeah, the they're numbers being good are about low. that. But when you play the Clippers, mm-hmm. Blake and Chris Paul are playing 40 minutes against you because they they want that win. And when you play the Thunder, Durant and Westbrook are going to be playing 40 minutes for that game. Yeah, they are. And when you play the Pistons, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is going to (laughs) play 42 minutes against you. You know what I mean? Like When you play the Raptors, Lowry and DeRozan are going to get 40 minutes against you. Goddamn, when you play my Sixers, Ish Smith is playing 40 minutes. Ish Smith yeah. is going to go hard against Steph Curry. Right. So uh, so I think that's going to make it harder for them to get you – know, you know what I mean? Like they're going to get – they're getting everyone's best shot every night. Whereas the Spurs might not be. You might be just getting teams to be like, ah, fuck it. It's the Spurs. We're going to lose. Right. That's, that's sort of San Antonio. You know, it's funny to me, Sam. A lot of times San Antonio fans complain about how the team is under the radar – and it always strikes me as funny because that's exactly what they want. Like, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't want the attention. They don't want this to be the biggest regular season game ever. They want to sneak in and just win it all. <laughs> yes. They've done yeah. it before. They'll do it again. Um, I think they will. I hope they will, certainly. I hope they do this year. Um, but, I mean, at Golden State is a hell of a football, hell of a football team. Yeah, 
hell of a football team. They know how to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, real quick, uh, coaching changes. Okay. Teron Liu, David Blatt, this whole – I just want to just go into this right now. Um, okay. W- real quick, your reaction when he was fired. Uh, I was a little disappointed because he had been a successful coach. Uh, did you listen to Zach Lowe's – you did. You yes, I with, did. Uh, with I did. Horst. Very, I very to that also, and that shed some light on it. I mean, uh, when they for- specifically mentioned the two things about how they both interview, – how he interviewed him during the finals, he's like, this is a pretty big game, and, you know, you got all these guys. Like, David Blatt's response is, I've been here before. I've done right. this before. I've been in lots of big games. And even when they talked about the game that Obama came to, the, uh, the season opener this year, and he's like, ah, I've had lots of presidents and dignitaries. And I'm sitting there going, that's kind of a dick thing to say. It's like, dude, you're diminishing this big moment. Like, this is a big moment. It's like, yeah, maybe you've seen lots of presidents. That's the fucking president of the United States who came to your basketball game. Just say it was a big deal and move on. Right. You know, we, we, we like we like our sports figures, even coaches, to exercise like a degree of humility. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that seemed to be lacking. There is, of course, the human element. Everyone's worked with someone that they don't like working with. Yeah. And it just sounded like that no one really liked working with him. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it was I, fascinating to hear Windhorse be like, he did not have any allies in that building. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it is, there, there's, it's a job about communicating and building relationships and having relationships and building trust. And it doesn't seem like he was able to uh, do, that. do that. Which doesn't, which uh, doesn't shut down the fact that he's a good coach. And sure, I'm right. sure he knows basketball and I think he will find a job somewhere, but I think he will. And I think he'll be better for this experience. You know, there's always the, the famous Belichick and Cleveland example yeah. of a coach making mistakes their first time out and, and learning from them. I do. I think disagree with a, a contention that's sometimes made that, you know, LeBron's basketball IQ is so high that, uh, you know, they should just do what LeBron wants them to do. Yeah. Or like, you know, that a coach, a coach has to earn, a coach should have to earn LeBron's respect. It shouldn't be the other way around or whatever. Um, LeBron doesn't seem to know that he's a power forward. And that's what he is. Because <laughs> he can't shoot. Uh, he's a power forward with great, I mean, he's, 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 you know, he's like Draymond. He's a yeah. power forward with great playmaking skills. Yeah. He can't, I don't know if he can guard threes. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean... When they play the Spurs, Kawhi's better. Yeah. I, and yeah. I don't mean, Sam, Kawhi does all the little things that don't show up in the box. I mean, if you had never watched basketball before and you yeah. watched the Spurs play the Cavaliers, you'd say, like, oh, Kawhi's better than LeBron Kawhi's James. the best player on the floor right now. Right. Um, and that's actually another a thing I should have mentioned earlier about Kawhi that I was thinking about uh, talking about this podcast. Um, say it, man. Drop it. Okay, we'll go, we'll, go, we'll go back to Kawhi. Go back to Kawhi. There's a, you know, one of the great things about watching Ginobili all these years is, you know, he usually didn't make, I think he only made two All-NBA teams, mm-hmm. and I think they were both third-team mm-hmm. All-NBA teams. He made maybe three All-Star games. Mm-hmm. But he could be the best player on the court at any given time. Game. And even for a series. And actually, someone else who always uh, reminded me of Ginobili in that regard is Paul Pierce. Mm. Like, Paul Pierce didn't make first-team All-NBAs, but he could be as good as Kobe for a series. Yes. 
He could be as good as LeBron for a series. We saw it the last two years when he eliminated the Raptors. Uh, last year he was on the Wizards. The year before he was on the Nets. I mean, right. he can turn it on. It's there. Right. And, and, uh, and I feel like the reverse of this, and gosh, this is unfair, and I know everyone piles on this guy, but the reverse is sort of Chris Paul. Like mm. Chris Paul, we feel like he's the best point guard. Now we don't think that because of Steph. Yeah. But I just feel like when they played the, the Thunder two years ago, like, I just felt like Westbrook outplayed him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you're the best point guard. Um, and I also remember, like, even, like, 2012 when they played the Spurs. I mean, that Spurs team rolled them. I mean, yeah. that Clippers team wasn't ready for prime time. But I remember thinking, like, yeah, like, I feel like Parker's playing as well as you. Well, and there's also an, a, a, an age thing that needs to be taken. Like, Chris Paul is a little older. Like, yes. I think we're, like, think about his Clippers series that you just mentioned in context to those Hornets series when he was on the New Orleans Hornets and they were in the right. playoffs with David West. Like, it's like, oh, right, we're forgetting, you know, that era of Chris Paul. And it's like, right. well, that's kind of where Steph Curry is. Like, he's at that age. Like, Chris Paul is, he's, he's not getting any younger. No. But Kawhi, you know, the league has LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George and Kevin Durant who all play the three. Right. And you can make, I think, the case for any of those guys. Mm -hmm. But I think Kawhi wins the head-to-head matchups. Yeah. And I thought this against Oklahoma City the first game of the season. I was like, if you had not – now, you know, Durant may have been rusty. He's coming back from an injury, and Durant's been out of this world. Mm -hmm. If you look at the game where they played the Pacers, I think that game was in Indiana even. Mm -hmm. Paul George had a real bad game. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we've seen it with LeBron a number of times when – you know, you can make the case for any of those guys, but when they're on the court against each other, I feel like Kawhi wins the matchups. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's going to be a, uh, is obviously an, an advantage. And, and that's the case for Kawhi. You know, mm-hmm. it's not points um, or the rebounds or the assists, but it's like when you see them on the court against those guys, he just seems to win those matchups. And he's a stronger presence. Like his impression right. on the game is felt in, right. on both ends, on the offensive and defensive side. And... I mean, maybe that was Durant two years ago. You know, I mean, Durant right. two years ago when he won the MVP was fantastic. But I, you know, Kawhi was at a different point, and we're but we're already starting to, you know, it's the NBA. It's like the shifting of the tides. You know, you see the the sunrise and the sunset with some of these superstars, and they, you know, what you know how long they survive and how long they they are in this league is you know dictatorial of the teams they're on and the conditioning they and the care they take of their bodies. Um, but we're we are at this point where you're like, well. With the way the game is and the age of Kawhi and where he's at, yeah, he's probably, he's definitely, like LeBron, I think, has had some of the flashiest reputation for a very long, because we also need to think about the fact that LeBron, like, even before he was in the league, when he was in high school, he was already kind of being publicized and put on covers and sold and yeah. marketed. Whereas, you know, these other guys, like, you know, even, you know, Durant was, you know, big high draft pick, but Kawhi, it's like they had to, they had to grow into who they were. Whereas LeBron, it almost feels like we're holding on to him a little bit too long. Like we don't want to admit that he's not going to win another MVP that, you know, right. he's, he's not like, he might not ever win another championship. And, you know, these Cavaliers yeah. teams, it's pretty, you know, eye opening to think that they went to the finals last year with that, with that team, that, Team. Well, 
I think if we're going to bring it back to the Cavaliers, we were talking about coaching changes. Yeah. Oh, God. Now you're bringing it to Ron Liu? It's it's one it's one thing I think to say that you know LeBron doesn't need to listen to the coach like he's because he's LeBron yeah but uh I think J.R. Smith should probably listen to the coach yeah I think Amon Shumpert and Tristan God. Thompson and Kyrie Irving none of whom have won anything no might want to listen to the coach no so when LeBron when LeBron's not doing it I I do have to wonder the degree to which that now, from from other things I've heard, it's not like anyone on the team liked David Blatt. It's not like LeBron was the only person who didn't like David Blatt. Hey, man, this guy's but, cool. Come on, stick up for him. But there's a... I actually, uh, sometimes he calls a play, and I tell him to go fuck himself, and I draw my old play, and I run it. <laughs> I know. But Sam, it's not just doing that. I bet tons of players do that. It's when that's the first thing you say oh in the interview, at, when you have to make sure everyone knows. Like, that is accept- a... Direct example of, you know, don't air your dirty laundry out in the public. And he's just like, whatever. Yes. And, you you know, that team, it's sort of funny because usually when you have a central player and a team and they're knocking on the door to a championship, they all have the same experience. Yeah. You know, like when, when Oklahoma City, whenever they get their championship, if they ever do, they will have experienced it together. Yeah. Coming close, getting beat retooling coming up again mm-hmm. but lebron's one two mm-hmm. and he's playing on a team full of guys who never won a playoff series yeah until last year yeah and so that's sort of a like you're in sort of different phases of growth and i just yeah. sort of think it's weird because usually teams like you know oklahoma city and and um they you know build the Clippers, like they have to be killing themselves to get better because yeah. You know you're not good enough, and yeah. so you have to be a, a little bit better the next year, and a little bit better the next year, and a little bit better the next year until yeah. you break through. That happened with the Spurs. Like yeah. 2011, they were the first seed, lost in the first round of Memphis. Yeah. 2012, they had a 20 game winning streak, then lost four in a row to Oklahoma City. Yeah. 2013, they made it to the finals, had the thing won, let it get away. Like you know, even though we thought of that team as being together, the team of uh, Kawhi Leonard and yeah. Tiago Splitter and Danny mm-hmm. Green and Patty mm-hmm. Mills and Boris, like those guys experience that together but in cleveland you have one guy who's been to six finals and one, or five finals or whatever and won yeah. two of them mm-hmm. uh and then you have a bunch of guys who never won a playoff series who've never so, won anything kevin love kyrie irving right. and then cast and so offs like Del Vadova. Wants to take two weeks off in the middle of the regular season and not play defense in the regular season oh but everyone else on his team is, still has to learn how to play together and how to win and how to play hard and I also think – I wonder if this is if – if they're at a weird disservice that no other team in the East is good enough to beat them. Yeah. Like, you know, if Chicago was going for 60 wins or Toronto, you know – It would keep them going, honest. Yeah, it'd be like, okay, like we, we, we have to be on our toes. Like we might not even – And but instead just, I think you've got the Atlanta does, Hawks winning 60 games and what? They were swept by the Cavs? Like swept. they – and that was all matchups. That was all star power. They just had – right. No answer for LeBron and everything he was doing. Right. But, I mean, if you look, you know, everyone in the West knows that they, they just have to be – that if you're not sharp, you're not going to get out of the first round. Yeah. So it, it is tough. I, it is – it's, it's like they're inflated or something being in the Eastern right. Conference. I don't understand Sam giving Tyron Lue a three-year deal. Yeah. What the – well, okay. Can I harp like, a little it, bit on Cleveland for a second right now? Please. So yes. – th- <sighs> 
I don't know, maybe the Cleveland Browns are rubbing off of them, but there is dysfunction in that franchise. And I think that... Sam, when has the franchise ever been run well? I don't... It hasn't. I think back to the first time LeBron was there, and I think back to the the moves they made. Remember, they brought in Larry Hughes to kind of be another blue-chip player with him, and Larry Hughes was never fit in with him and was hurt the entire time. Uh, and then yeah. they... Traded for Ben Wallace. Yeah, they traded Ben. Terrible decision. And then you, I think they had Shaquille O'Neal for a year. They end yep. up going to the finals and pretty much LeBron's uh, uh, supporting cast of the finals is friggin' Sasha Pavlovich and Booby Gibson. I mean, what the hell do you expect him to do? So then he does leave and goes to Miami. But now we come back and already you start off on the wrong foot because you, you hire David Blatt before LeBron says he's coming back. So clearly they have no, no presence of thought or any idea that LeBron's coming back. It was clearly they surprised him. David Blatt was probably promised a very different team, like Andrew Wiggins and Anthony, or Anthony Bennett, right? Isn't that yeah, who yeah, it is? Yeah. Is he even in the league anymore at this point? Uh, I think Deion Waiters was still on the team at that point as well. He was, yeah. So you've got and, – and Irving and Kyrie Irving. So that was – It's a you young know, team. It's a development job. Very young – inexperienced development job. They're not making the playoffs. He gets hired. Then LeBron shows up. They trade Wiggins for love. And I don't care how many games they've been winning. I don't care what they've been doing. This team doesn't look happy together. Okay, Love and LeBron do not seem to be buddies. And it's so weird to me that he kind of re-upped and decided to stay with the longer contract. And I think he's. I think Kevin Love is kind of like... He's not a bad guy. It seems to be working, and we're winning games. And I really think part of him's like, this is the first time we've ever been this far in the playoffs ever, and I kind of need some help, and he's LeBron. I'm going to stick it out. But they don't seem to be buddies. There doesn't seem to be they a don't good seem chemistry to fit on, on the court. court. And they don't, not get, good... yeah, they don't fit. Like, Kevin Love's numbers have disappeared. Like, what the how – do how do you misuse a player like Kevin Love? Uh, you, make him a, you make him Kelly Olenek, right? right? You make him a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, but, um, and this is another thing, it's like, I think, I, I wonder, you know, my brother read something, someone suggesting that the, the offense would be better if Kevin Love were initiating more of it, because when the defense responds to Love, instead of kicking out to Kevin Love, who's not going to do anything on the dribble, yeah. you can kick out to LeBron or Kyrie, mm-hmm. and now you have a secondary playmaker, and this, I mean, this was like the key to the Spurs beating the Heat in 2014, because they had Boris on the court. Yeah. So when and I would think the, Kevin Love is a little bit of you know has got the same passing skills as Boris Diaw has got some of the same ability on the court. Like, I don't think he has the dribbling skills as Boris. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I no, think he can, he can definitely he's a great passer. Like he can hit a cutter, mm-hmm. but that's sort of different than like okay, a guy's closing out my three point shot, so I'm going to dribble in. Here comes the second defender. I can yeah. juke him and feed this guy. So there's there's obviously not a, a very good fit there. And I agree with you, Sam. When you watch them on the court. Their demeanor is very strange. Yeah. There's just something that I just don't know. Um, like, I feel it, like, you know, LeBron's almost become the mean girl now, and they're all just kind of hanging out with him because, you know, he's that good. And it's like, uh, really? Yeah, there's, 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 um, there's something weird there. You know, the contract situation with Tristan Thompson, and then you've got J.R. Smith. You know he's a bit of a head case in the locker room, and, you know, and then LeBron like kind of invited some of his old Heat buddies. Like, remember he had Mike Miller last year, and Miller doesn't really get on the court now. James, uh, James Jones, James Jones, who I think is still on the roster. Um, I think he's still on the roster, man. There's, you know, there are stories out of Miami that LeBron tried to run the show there, but Riley 
was too big of a presence. See, that's what I'm thinking. You see, now it comes back to the coaching thing again with a, a big a, a big reason you saw the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe win is because you had a Phil Jackson. You had a four-star right. general who's running the team, and you don't have one of those guys for LeBron. And in some ways, that's what fucking Pat Riley was. That was a right. guy coming in here and saying, Riley- excuse me, do you see all these rings? I've earned it. David Blatt hasn't earned shit. Mike Brown hasn't earned shit. And Teron Liu hasn't earned shit. Is but, Teron uh, Liu going to be making adjustments in Game 5 of the Finals to win against the Warriors? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it sounds really far-fetched maybe, when maybe, I put it that way. Maybe it'll surprise us all, but I... I, I um... Giving him three years! You said that! You're like, three years? Really? It does seem, um, considering you're already paying David Blatt, and I think you're still playing um, Mike Brown. Like, how paying is it? Mike Brown. Are you serious? Jesus. I think so. And, and why... Like, like, why I mean, do you have friend, to? Why do you have to make that decision now? Why not just give him the interim tag and ride out the season? Like, is it that big of a deal to make a commitment to Teron Lou right now? Why, you know, is it? Doesn't it kind of keep your options open if you say, "Hey, listen, man," because there was also the story from the Zach Lowe podcast about talking about how Teron Lou was like their number two pick behind David Blatt, which was also kind of screwed up on Cleveland's part to hire Blatt and then make the runner up, like the guy you essentially beat the job out for to be one of your assistant coaches and sort of put him in the mix. Um, right. And so in some ways you're kind of, maybe they were always trying to groom or reward Teron Liu or make him know that they want to keep him. Like they clearly have shown him commitment when, you know, I'm not saying it's offensive to Ron, to Teron Liu as the coach, but as a savvy business owner, as the Cavaliers, what does it hurt to just be like, listen, we're going to just, we're just going to discuss it at the end of the season. I mean, this is the same guy who wrote the letter saying that LeBron's going to keep... I mean, this is oh not... Oh, God, this freaking you, can, you can't outrun it. The worst thing to have in sports is a bad owner. You can't outrun it. Yeah. That, that's the person who's really making all the decisions. Yeah, it's true. That's the person who's, who's setting the tone. And you, can't, you can fire a coach and a GM, and you can trade players, but if it's your owner, if then he, you're done. Yeah, a dick is a dick is a dick. And uh, he's still going to be owning that team when all's said and done, and that's... I don't know if they're going to be winning. Well, I mean, I don't... Yeah. Back to LeBron. I don't. I don't know if he's ever going to hoist the trophy again. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be. Do you think he retires in Cleveland? Yes, I think he does retire in Cleveland. I don't. I. I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure of that. With his personality, I think he could feel as though you know. I don't know. Like you see him going to like the Knicks with Porzingis for a year or two, just because he's LeBron and New York. Like I could see that. That, that nothing, wouldn't surprise me. me. Nothing, Nothing's off the table. Yeah, with if LeBron, that he was going to announce he was leaving Cleveland on a live television special. I'd be like, that will never happen. <laughs> and if you had told me he was going to make four straight finals and then leave Miami, God. make a finals every year he was there and then leave, I'd be like, there's no way that will ever happen. And he did both. He did both. So, if like if you were to tell me like, what if he's playing for Phoenix in a year and a half, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> like I'm not betting on it, but like I don't I I don't think we can count out. Um, we can count on anything. It would not pop you up out of your seat like, whoa, I can't believe that. No. All right, no. listen, I think we've talked a lot of basketball for today. We've got a lot on. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast, Jonathan. I love having you, man. It's been too long since we've spoken. been too long, Sam. It was great. Yeah, so a um, couple more things. Your brother, Sam, the other Sam that I know, so we're going to have multiple Sams. We're going to get on this podcast again. So then we're going to have like three people on podcasts discussing lots of basketball. I can't yes. wait for that. That's going to be... 
That's going to be fun. That's going to be a hoot. Um, I want to plug some more of your stuff. SmithStreetStage.org. Um, yes. Go to it. Check it out. Shakespeare every summer. It's fantastic. If you don't know, you should know. I encourage you. Jonathan Hopkins, Beth Ann Hopkins, fantastic work. Worked with them before. It's amazing if you... Uh, you should go check it out. Also, as I always say, subscribe to me on iTunes. Subscribe to me on Stitcher. Uh, follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. And um, email me at samsportstation at gmail.com. I love hearing your input, your feedback. Give me some notes. Give me things to talk about. I'm always interested in talking sports and more sports often. Um, but, uh, Jonathan, as always, man, uh, we'll get you back on. We'll talk some more basketball. All right, Sam. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. All right. Take it easy. We'll talk soon, guys. Bye-bye.